Truth Walk, the podcast, with your host, Alan Harris Sr. Episode number five, Death and the Cost of Love. As I used to say when I was in radio, thank you once again for tuning in. While this episode's title may seem a little bit dark, it is my hope that by its conclusion, you will see the bright light at the end of the tunnel. I'm also hoping this episode proves beneficial to everyone who hears it. My prayer is that it proves very helpful in coping with loss, the death of a loved one. One thing of which I'm fairly certain is that everyone will at least in some way be able to relate to its inescapable experience. Let's get started. Having served as an elder and minister for many years, one of the most common but difficult questions I'm asked is, why did my loved one die? The question is sometimes asked out of deep grief or sometimes out of guilt for unresolved issues. So how can anyone still alive even answer such a question in a satisfactory and positively accurate manner? On top of that, if truth be told, I've asked the same question of God myself one time or another. I confess, I claim no special powers, nor do I know much of anything on my own, yet by the grace of God and through the power of the Holy Spirit, I am often instructed in a moment of need on what to say to a grieving, hurting, or guilt-ridden child of God. Every single time, God, the Holy Spirit, has lovingly and tenderly customized the response to that person asking the question. This is because God made each of us, and no one knows us better than our Creator. Now, please remember what I said in my introductory podcast. My personal relationship with the God of the Bible, combined with my education and life experiences and travel, has brought me to the only possible conclusion I could reach, that God is real. In all reality, this sentence is a little bit flawed, not intentionally. I should have said, my personal experiences, combined with my studies, travel, and individual encounters with others, have brought me to the only possible conclusion I could reach, that God is real. Within those personal experiences is included the fact that I began to hear God speaking to me at the age of six, so there's that. Also, before I proceed any further, you should know God cares, and He loves us, all of us. The supporting evidence is, for this fact, overwhelming, so I give you just four verses of Holy Scripture. John three sixteen and 17, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. This biblical text is in red letters, signifying that Jesus Christ Himself spoke these words. So God demonstrated His love for us by allowing His only Son to be sacrificed for our sins. Wow. There's also Romans 5, 7, and 8, which reads, Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man some might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So while we were still sinners, enemies of God, before we ever knew anything about God, he was still willing to send Jesus to die on a cross made of a tree he had created so that we might have a chance to live with him eternally. That is amazing love. So despite what you may have heard or been taught, God desires relationship with all of mankind. While there have always been and will continue to be evil people, God hates the sin, not the person. Nevertheless, there will be those who reject the offer of God's love and the salvation that comes through it. Now let's talk about this death thing. There are feelings, emotions, and questions we experience with the death of someone we know personally 
or who is close to us. I have discovered that how we actually and honestly feel about a person can amplify or diminish our attitude toward them in many ways. On the surface, this seems obvious, but what might not always be so obvious is how we actually, truly feel about a person once he or she is actually gone. In one sense, gone might mean that they are absent, absent from us due to a choice, distance, or time. In the other sense, they've passed away, they've died. Thus, apart from our memories, they're gone from down here permanently. Through my many years of observation under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, I've discovered there are more or less two schools of thought on separation and death, out of sight, out of mind, and absence makes the heart grow fonder. Bad, hurtful, or strenuous relationships are often the former. Other relationships sometimes just seem easier because the person has done little to no wrong or caused us no serious harm. They, in our opinion, have made it easier for us to love them. Yet every relationship is two-sided. Ever wondered how the other side might have felt about you? I can assure you, the feeling was not always mutual. None of us are perfect, and we've all made some mistakes. Thank God for Jesus and for forgiveness. What I'm about to share with you now is intimately true and represents the answer I received to one of my why did my loved one die the way he did questions. Please join me on this truth walk. I recall one specific incident when someone very close to me died. I was praying to God in Jesus' name and asked him with a little bit of attitude about the circumstances and why this person had to die the way he had. I wasn't questioning why he died, but how. Now to be clear, both me and the deceased had made our peace with each other, and there was genuine love and mutual respect, so I had no guilt. There was also complete acceptance of each other and our differences. It had taken years of hard work to come to this place in our relationship, and we were now closer than ever. Then he died. When my father passed, I felt I'd lost the person who had become my best male friend. It wasn't just how I knew him, but also how I could feel he knew me that made me feel so close to him. As you can imagine, I had questions. After my misguided prayer to the Most High, he responded, I am God. I don't need to have permission from anyone to do anything. I do whatever I will. It felt like a blast furnace had been opened right in my face. I was withering like a dried reed and terrified I'd be completely and utterly consumed. Suddenly, that holy righteousness ended abruptly as I, in tears, cowered on the floor repenting for my arrogance. Comforting words would eventually come, but... The Holy Spirit then spoke clearly and gently to me. Once they're gone, they're gone. You got what you got. All you're going to get. That's it. The finality of that statement has stuck with me and has profoundly changed the way I interact with everyone every day. It has made me more conscientious of the way I treat people and speak with them. It has also made me more careful to express my love and forgiveness when necessary, expediently toward them. In my pain, the Holy Spirit spoke and revealed, The reason you loved him so much was because I purposely made him to be your father. I purposely made you to be his son. There is not and never will be another of any of you. Every single person I created is unique and made with unique purpose. So when one is taken, there will always be a void. Everyone matters. The love you shared with your dad is only a small expression of the love I have for both of you. 
The reason you hurt so much is because you've learned to love, to forgive, to sacrifice. This pain is the cost, the price of that love. While it seems a lot, the price my son paid is greater still, far greater, for he paid for all of mankind, all of you, past, present, and future, with his own blood. Then, the best, most comforting part. God, through the Holy Spirit, said, Now that your father is gone, I will be your father. Now, when you wish you could go to him for advice or instruction or comfort, you come to me. I am the only one who can soothe the void in you. But remember, because your pop chose me, one day you will see him again. I cannot overstate the comfort that came over me that day. It was like coming in out of a cold blizzard and being wrapped in a warm, heated blanket, being given a hot cup of coffee. And I do love coffee like my father did before me. I felt in those moments God's warm embrace as he proved to me in a way I could understand that he loves us most. I thank God for his love, mercy, and grace and the wisdom he shared with me in the passing of my father. Some of you may have lost great-grandparents, parents, siblings, children. Sincere condolences to you. The list of relatives and friends can seem endless, and sometimes when it rains, it really pours. Sometimes we lose multiple loved ones in one incident. It really hurts. We miss them. But are they really lost? Today I challenge you to re-examine your relationship with each person around you. Whether family member, co-worker, associate, or the stranger you see every day at the coffee shop or bus stop. Yesterday is gone. Its residue is our memories. Today, if you're listening, you've made it. Live it. Do it. Make the best and wisest choices you can right now. Even if you make it to the end of the day, tomorrow is not promised. Live today how you would want people to remember you tomorrow. For those you love who are now gone, if you wish to honor them, live today as you wish they could see you live it. Because I believe they can. In the New Testament, book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 1, it is stated that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses of the faith, some who are listed in the previous chapter 11. The passage in the verses which follow also inform us that when we die, believing in Christ, we too become a part of that great cloud of witnesses, for all true believers do. From the Lexham English Bible, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 read, Therefore, since we also have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, putting aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us, let us run with patient endurance the race that has been set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the originator and perfecter of faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. To paraphrase, those who have died in the faith, that is, those who believed and trusted in the great God of holy scriptures and later his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, who died for all sin, those are now with God, invisible, surrounding us, if they are with God, surely their desire for our success is aligned with His will for our success to believe in Him and to one day be reunited with God and all of those that have gone before us. According to the New Testament book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 through 18, we do not have to grieve as those who have no hope. And I paraphrase, because we believe Jesus died and rose again from the dead in His resurrection, which we celebrate as Resurrection Day or Easter Sunday. And one day, when Jesus returns, he will bring all those who have died before us who believed with him. Since COVID-19, 
and even prior, I was instructed by the Holy Spirit to start saying, instead of, I'm sorry for your loss, that I'm sorry for your separation, for we shall see him or her again. Initially, I wasn't sure how well this might be received, but I'm finding that as people listen to what the Holy Spirit is actually saying to them and understanding it, they appear to be more encouraged and to take more comfort from these words. The separation does not have to be permanent. It is revealed then, according to Holy Scripture, we don't have to grieve as those who have no hope because according to the New Testament book of Romans 10, verse 9, we have the hope of a reunion one day with those who have confessed by faith to believe in Jesus, that he is the Son of God, and that God raised him from the dead. For all who do so shall be saved. At the end of the day, only one of each puzzle piece was made by God. Whenever a single piece is taken away, it is missed and felt directly or indirectly by all of us. This should help us understand how important each of us is and inspire us to love more, forgive more, and appreciate the time we all have together. God teaches us love the same way He demonstrated it through His only begotten Son, Jesus, who died for our sin. Love does whatever it must do to prevail, to save. In our relationships, absence should make the heart grow fonder. Let us all endeavor to do the hard work, to do our part to make it so. God bless you all. Amen.